Amen. All right. Well, you're open to Acts chapter 10, and, and the title of the message this morning is, Is It Matters Who You Know? Hey, listen, it matters who you know. There's the old saying is, it doesn't matter who you are, but it matters who you know. It doesn't matter what you know, it matters who you know. Anybody ever heard that cliche? Now, yeah, you know, a lot of cliches always aren't so true, and, you know, you know for example, it takes money to make money. Well, you know, it might be true sometimes, but it doesn't always take money to make money. Amen? Right? Right? Um, you know, um, and then there's there are certain cliches that we think are true, but they're not true. You know, and I think you probably know all of these, but, but um, because I've said them before, but you ever, you ever heard the saying, you ever heard the saying that uh, cleanliness is next to godliness? And everybody tells you it's, you know, it's the, you know, God says that and that's in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. And I don't know, is cleanliness next to godliness? I think there's a lot of other things next to godliness, don't you think? There's other virtues. So, but anyways, just making a point here, because I want you to understand something. And then there's that one, you know, spoil the child. Spare, spare, the, spare the rod. What? It's not in the Bible. You know, I mean, I think it's true in a lot of cases. If we spare our rod, if we spare the rod and we don't spank our kids or discipline them, you know, they get they become spoiled. And you know, that word "spoiled" has the Greek meaning of of something that's rendered useless, and that's the truth. It's important that we make sure that we discipline our kids, not just with the rod, but just how they live. Everybody, say Amen. But but I think this one here, you know, it uh, doesn't matter what you know, but it matters who you know. It doesn't matter who you are, but it matters who you know. And, and, and in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's exactly right. Everybody say amen. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter. Now, y'all take care of my grandbaby. Quit making her cry. It doesn't, look, it doesn't matter where you come from, what you did, how you did it, all those things. It doesn't matter who you are. You're here this morning. All that matters in the, in the end of it is if whether or not you know the man, that you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You can take everything and all the things that you don't like about yourself. You can take all the things that, that you wish you could be and you can put all that together. But listen to me, none of that matters. What matters is, is who you know and if you know Jesus. Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, Acts chapter 10 is a really wonderful text. And in the 10th chapter of Acts, the Apostle Peter had a vision that changed, listen, that changed Peter's outlook about ministry, about God, and about everything he thought that he knew. Remember, Peter was a Jew. And so he would have had the Jewish upbringing that all Jews had. And that is that they was a very inclusive type outreach people. They thought that Jews were it and that the Gentiles, well, they were like dogs. And so we see in Acts chapter 10 that Peter had a vision, and that vision changed his entire outlook. Now, again, like most Jews on the, on, uh, of his day, Peter had always believed that God showed special favoritism to Jewish people. And, of course, God did favor the Jewish people in the Old Testament. But now it's not the Old Testament here in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 10. Peter had always believed that God, that the Jews... Yes, they were the chosen people, but that, that wasn't just a chosen people, but his most favorite people, that, that, that God loved them, but nobody else. That's what Jews would have believed at that time. Now, as this vision unfolds, and he had it three times, and it says that a voice in Acts chapter 10, it says, a voice told him, 
he says, get up, he, you know, that, that white sheet came down, and on that white sheet were the animals, and that vision happened three times, and he, and he heard a voice, and the voice said, kill and eat, and Peter's reply was, surely not. Now, uh, you know, Peter would have said, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. You know, Peter had always adhered to the strict Jewish dietary laws in which forbade him eating things like shrimp and pork and catfish and lobster and all those different things. But I want you to notice the end here, and then we'll get into our text here in just a minute. But the voice then said, do not call anything impure that God makes clean. Now hold on to that thought. Peter had this same vision three times in a row, and it was obvious that God was about to teach him something new. And about that time, Peter was invited to speak to the household of Cornelius. Here we see in verse 33. Verse 33, it says that we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded to tell us. So here it is. Let me put this in context. We're going to start. We're going to start our text. So here's Peter. Peter is a Jew, and he believes like everybody else that that we're his chosen people, and it's the Jews that matter. And so, so Peter has this vision. Peter has this vision, and this vision is this big sheet that comes down from heaven. And Peter kept, you know, with all these animals. And then there was a voice in his vision, and it says, "Eat." And Peter said, "I can't eat because, you know, I, I, I've never eaten any of these things. You know, I'm never going to eat catfish and lobster and pork and all these different things. That's unclean." And so, and so Peter knew that this vision had to mean something. And listen to me close, everybody. We often take this verse, and and so when when someone when, when we eat our cat catfish and people say that's unclean then we always go back to this verse and we say i can eat all the catfish i want jared say amen i can eat all the pork i want all the deer sausage that with pork in it that i want we can do all those things and we always go back to that verse but you know that's not the reason that god gave peter this vision everybody so he has the vision. He sees the vision. And so Peter's wondering, there's got to be something. God's got to be trying to teach me about something here. This has got to mean something. And just, and just right around the corner after that third vision, he gets, he, gets a, he gets a call from somebody comes to his house. And you read Acts chapter 10. They come to his house and they say, there's a man outside and he's looking for Peter. Peter goes down and he says, I'm the one you're looking for. What do you want? And he said, hey, there's a man at a nearby town. And 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 uh, he's a godly man, and he and he speaks well, and he wants you. And this is a Greek guy, Cornelius. He's Greek, and he wants you to come to his house. And now, if you'll pick it back up in verse 33, Peter got it. He says, "This is the reason for this is the reason for this vision that God has given me. And it's not that I can just eat all the catfish and all the lobster and all the pork and all the things I want to. There's another reason behind this vision that God was giving him. And look at it. It says in verse 33, and he, he, so Peter he says, "Why am I here at your house? What's going on here?" And then God starts to reveal what this vision meant. And he says in verse 33, Cornelius says, I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Listen to it. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. You see, everybody look. We don't get it sometimes. But, but a Jew wouldn't have anything to do with a Gentile. 
I mean, and we're going to cover here in a minute some of the different things. But a, a Jew had a thing that if, if there was a Gentile and they were and they were and, and, and there was a woman giving birth, they're not going to help her because for that baby to be born, being other Gentiles, how they looked at into the world, they they thought that they was it. And so and so Peter, yes, he was with Christ, but he was still a Jew. And so so God gives him this vision, and he, and then Cornelius sends for him, and so it all makes sense. And what God is telling Peter is is that look, you got to get past this thing that that the gospel, that Jesus Christ, that God is just for the Jewish people. He's for all people. And what God says as clean as clean and what god says goes and doesn't matter what you think and where you've been everybody say amen hey that's what god that's what that vision is talking about that all people that all people are worthy of the love and a relationship with jesus christ now this morning let's just look at three things this morning that we can learn from peter's sermon if you will turn with me and let's look at verse 34 and go to verse 43 now this is a short sermon Look, this is a short sermon, but this this is the message that that Peter preached to Cornelius in his house. This this is, if you will, this is what what God had spoke to Peter through that vision, and now he gets it. And now he gets it. Here is a Jew in a Gentile's house preaching the gospel. Isn't that good? Look at it. Look at verse 34. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. Does that sound like a Jew to you? No. See, that vision had, and God had changed Peter's heart. Now, continue reading. He says, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ Look at it. He is Lord of all. He's Lord of everybody. He can be Lord of anybody. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth now, or how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. See, he just didn't heal the Jewish people. He healed everybody. And it's all coming to Peter, and he gets it. He says in verse 39, and he's preaching to Cornelius and his household, and he says that we Christians are witness of all these things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a tree. Here's the gospel. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witness who were chosen beforehand by God, that is to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Now look at verse 42. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone who believes in him receives 
forgiveness of sins. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for the word of God, and we thank you, Lord, that we have a gospel that, uh, that is not just worth those in a certain group of people, and, and that you're not some inclusive God, that you're an all-inclusive God, Lord, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Lord, we pray this morning that uh, that we'll have that understanding of of not just taking the gospel out to people but lord that we that we extend the gospel to everybody from every walks of life no matter what they've done and where they're from lord that we know that the gospel is meant for them lord help us to be a people who evangelize who has a heart that like you have lord encourage our hearts please and we thank you for for mike and cicely and 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 his wife lord and we pray that you'll just just pour your mercies upon them and your grace and your direction for them lord as they're raising support to get back to the mission field and and to get that camp uh, rebuilt and up and going and doing great things. Just be with them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just look at three things this morning real fast and uh, about Peter's sermon here. Number one, write this down. God accepts everyone the same. Everybody say amen. God accepts, listen, sometimes we live our lives and we kind of throw our nose up at different things. But I want you to understand that Jesus Christ died for them just as well as he died for us. And we need to understand that God accepts everyone the same. And look close. It's not just knowing that, but it's living that. I mean, we all know this, but sometimes we don't live this. Sometimes we don't manifest this in our, in our philosophy of life. But what I want you to get is that Peter knew this. Peter knew this stuff, but he never manifested it. He let experience in the way that he was raised supersede what he knew. Now, you go back to the Jewish people. They were always supposed to be the light to the whole world, but they never were. And so we know this, we're in this age of grace and that Jesus come, but that torch was taken from the Jews and given to the church Ultimately, look, we know that God had a plan, but because they didn't do what they were supposed to do, ladies and gentlemen, they were supposed to be a light to the whole world, but they weren't. But first in Peter's sermon, we see that God accepts everyone the same. Hey, have you ever heard the saying, um, I'm a Texan by the grace of God? Anybody up in here? Huh? I'm a Texan by the grace of God. You know, that just sums up about how a lot of, a lot of us Texans feel. Jared, you wouldn't know anything about that because you're from Louisiana. But nevertheless, um, that just kind of just fills up how we feel here in Texas. You know, we're proud of our home state. Yeah? Yeah? I'm, I'm proud to be a Texan. And I'm proud of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Seven and one. It's hey, easy. Easy. But, uh, you know, so, so we've heard that before. You know, um, um, we've also, maybe you've heard this one too, um, that it's hard to be humble when you're from Texas. With the Dallas Cowboys in there, it's hard to be humble sometimes. But, but, here's, a, but here's my point to this, is that th- this, is, this is the kind of attitude that many religious Jewish people had during that first century. You see it? 
You know, just as sometimes we get carried away with being a Texan and being a Cowboys fan. And just in a small way, it's, it's this, this is kind of how the, the attitude was for these Jewish people. And in the Old Testament, we see how the people of the nation of Israel were, were designated as God's chosen people. And some interpreted this to mean that they were the favorites and that God loved them more than anybody else. And to put it bluntly, they believed that God had no use for Gentiles. So some religious Jews um, even went so far as to say that you shouldn't do anything for any Gentile. Again, listen, they weren't the light and the salt that God intended them to be. This was an inclusive me attitude. It was the kind of prejudice that God, listen close, this was the kind of prejudice that God wanted Peter to overcome. He wanted to use Peter to tell the world something new, that God is not only the God of the Jews, but he is the God of all creation, and God loves us and accepts us the same, and that he is no respecter of persons. You know, I was thinking in my office, and, you know, the American Declaration of Independence proclaims that all men are created equal. In theory, I guess that's true, but you know, the truth is, is that all men aren't created equal. You know, um, some are born with greater opportunities than others. You know, a better family, more money, more talent, more intelligence, more resources. Some, like me, are born better looking than others, of you guys. You know, just kidding around here. But, But look, sadly, the same can be said about the church. You hear me? Martin Luther King once said, the most segregated hour in America is 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And we're not just talking about skin color. Look, we're talking about an inclusive attitude, and it had no place, and it has no place in the church. Everybody say amen. This is a mistake that many churches have made, and today we must strive to show others that God has a plan for everyone, and that plan is one is one that God says, I love you so much, and I died so that we could be together forever. Listen to me. That's the plan of God. He, he wants us to know, look, he wants you to know, whoever you are that's here, that he wants you to know that he loves you, and that he died for you, and that he wants to have a love Love relationship with you for all eternity. He wants us to know. He wants us to know this cornerstone is that he wants us to go out into our jobs. He wants us to go out of this building here, get excited about God today, but get out there and let people know that there is a Savior and his name is Jesus Christ. And they may not be like you. They may not have the same background as you. They may be different from you. And, and again, we're not just talking about the color of someone's skin. We could be talking about anything, but we have the responsibility of getting out of our comfort zone and getting past what we know and what we what we want to feel and let people know that there's a God who loves them and who nothing more wants a relationship with them for all eternity. Amen, everybody? Look, we have that responsibility. You know, you know, Peter was just fine just teaching to the Jews, preaching to the Jews, but then he had this vision. And he had it again, and he still didn't get it. He had it again, and then Cornelius calls for him, and God orchestrated all together. And I'm going to tell you something, Cornerstone, is that you better believe that God is going to orchestrate something for you this week so that you can share Jesus Christ with somebody. Amen? Amen? 
we're the light and the salt of this world. There is no plan B, is there, Mike? We, we are the plan, and, and, and we need to tell people about this God who loves them. And, and again, despite someone's difference, you know, our Bible says that he came to set the captives free. That's everybody that's, been, that's, 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 that's a captive. He does not prefer white people over all other races. He does not favor men over women or rich over the poor. He doesn't favor in how you dress or how you don't dress, where you come from, if you've been divorced or not, if you have done drugs or if you've even been in jail. Listen, he came to minister to all people. Amen? It doesn't matter who you are. God loves you as much as he loves loves anyone else. Look, he loves all of us as much as he loves anyone else. And, and, and what God says that he makes pure and holy, that's what it is. And, 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 and he told Peter in that vision, what that vision meant for him was to reach out to everybody because God says, because that's what I want. It's not about what you want. This is good news because the only thing that really matters in life, listen, Cornerstone, the only thing that really matters in life is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's equally available for anyone. Anyone can know him. Anyone can talk to him in prayer. Anyone can experience his love. Anyone can be forgiven. Anyone can do his will. Anyone can practice holiness. Anybody. Anyone can live a life that brings him glory. Number two. Number two. God judges everyone the same. Verse 42. You know, in God's eyes, there are just two kinds of people. In God's eyes, there are, everybody listen close. There are two kinds of people. There's saved and there's unsaved. The Bible says that Jesus is your friend. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that he's your brother. In 1 John chapter 2, it says that he's your advocate. But here Peter reminds us that Jesus Christ is also our judge. And listen, and what you're going to be judged about is whether or not you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You get it? There is no other judge, listen close, there is no other judge I would rather have. Think about it. When you stand before the judgment throne to give an account, if you're a Christian, of all that you've done, who do you want to face? Do you want to face your high school football coach? Do you want to face maybe your math teacher? Do you want to face your mother-in-law? <laughs> or do you want to face God, who is a fair and authoritative judge? There's going to be judgment. You know, I heard about a story about a judge in Oklahoma who was preparing to hear a case. And he announced to the courtroom audience, and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, in the interest of keeping all matters pertaining to this trial above board, he said, I would like to report that I have in my possession two envelopes, one from the defendant and one from the plaintiff. He said, The one from the defendant holds um, $750, and the one from the plaintiff holds $1,000. And he says, You know, to be fair... And so that my judgment isn't swayed to one side or another, he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give $250 back to the plaintiff. <laughs> it's a joke. You can joke. 
Hey, listen, that's not our God. Our God is a fair judge. Our God is a, is a judge that knows all things, that is full of grace and he's full of mercy. But look, there's going to be judgment. And there's going to be judgment if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He is a judge and he knows all things. He is omniscient. He is all. He knows everything perfectly. And listen to me. One day he's going he's to judge whether or not you know him or not. And if you don't know him or not, then your judgment's going to be at the great white throne judgment. And there is no second chances. And it's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he does love you. He come and died for you. And he wants a relationship with you. And so if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you will believe in Jesus Christ, that he's God and that he came to this earth and that he died for your sins and that he rose again. And if God, the Holy Spirit, calls you to that and convicts you of that and you accept him, you have everlasting life and nothing can take that way. And you are then in a love relationship with him. But if you don't and you refuse that, then that judgment is that great white throne judgment and there's no second chances. And Christians, you better know, again, that all Christians are going to be judged as well. Not whether or not they're saved, but what have they done with the gospel of Jesus Christ of their life? How did they witness and how did, how did they carry themselves knowing this gospel message? All of us, all of us are going to be judged on whether or not we're keeping the gospel to us or if we're sharing it with others. You see, that's the whole thing the Jews wanted to do. They just wanted to hold the gospel for themselves. They wanted to hold this relationship thing with God themselves. And they were judged, weren't they? And Christians, if, if we're holding that in, then we're going to be judged on that. And as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, is, is that our works is going to be like wood, hay, and stubble, and gold, and silver, and precious stones, that, that, that the, wood and stubble, the wood and hay and the stubble is going to be burned up, and, and the jewels are going to be left there, but, but you yourself shall be safe. So it's not a matter of us losing our salvation at that judgment seat. It's about what we've done with Christ. What are you doing with Jesus Christ? Are, 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 you, are you guilty? Maybe are, you, are we guilty? Are we being guilty of what the Jews did? Just kind of holding the whole Jesus thing in and not telling people. And not maybe just because they're different from you or, or whatever like that, but just you just don't do it. Listen, you're gonna, we're going to be judged on that. We're going to be judged on that. And we come across people, it doesn't matter if they're rich or if they're poor, what color their skin is. doesn't matter, again, like we said, if, if they've been in prison or been in jail. We have the responsibility of just proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and God does the rest. Aren't you glad about that? Just because I witness to you doesn't mean that I'm responsible about what decision you make. I'm just responsible to tell you. And the Jews were as well. And that's what that vision was. God says, do what I tell you to do. Amen? Number three. Number three, in Peter's sermon here, it matters who you know. Number three is God offers salvation to everyone the same. Look, if you stood before the throne of God today to face judgment based on your own merit, on your own merit, how do you think you would fare? When you think about the judgment of God, I, I, I imagine that some of us probably begin to feel a little bit uneasy. No one wants to stand before the judge when they're guilty. And without exception, 
we're all guilty of not doing what we're supposed to be doing. This morning, this morning I sent out a text this morning. Oh, thanks for sending that around. This morning I sent out a text to my family and, and uh, Mike and Cecilia, Cecilia, whatever, sis, was in the office there. And, uh, and, and, uh, but I sent out a text this morning to my kids, and I said, make sure you go to church, bind your hearts with, with Jesus this morning, and, and invite people to go with you, because I was reading the Bible, this, uh, because I was reading this morning, and, and Jesus might come back today. So what I told them, and so and so I sent the text out, and about five minutes later, Allison starts blowing up my phone. What's going on? What's going on? What do you know? Whereas <laughs> Allison's not in here, she was freaking out like I didn't have some special knowledge that Jesus was coming back today, and so she wanted to call her daddy and say, "What's going on?" But the truth is, is this, is that he could come back today. The Bible says that his return is imminent that everything is ready listen to me everything is ready the only thing that's not been done is done is that the church has not been yet completed and the church is not going to be completed until the rapture happens and all the christians go to eternity with jesus christ but everything is ready again we're not waiting for a temple to be built we're not waiting for anything everything is ready for king jesus to come back and to take his bride with him so, listen, the judgment is, is coming. And so the point is, it's not whether or not, we're all guilty to a point, but we've got to get to a place that we don't hold the gospel of Jesus Christ within us. We've been going over this, 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 I love my church. And I love my church is not that we love this building, it's that we love each other and that we love the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we love it so much that we're willing to take our superpowers and go out there and tell people about Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. You know, you know this, 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 this year has, has been a great year for Corners. I've, I've, I've seen us mature, and I've seen us grow, and I've seen relationships grow between people, and I'm, it's, it's, it's exciting. But now we've got to get to that next step, Cornerstone, and that is that we've got to get out there and make disciples of other people. We've got to get out there and see people saved. We've got to put ourselves out there, and we've got to, we've got to, we can't be all-inclusive people. We've got to get out there and witness to people, go to their homes, and tell them about Jesus Christ. Let them see Jesus in you. Live your lives above reproach that attracts other people to Jesus Christ. People are going to die, and if they don't know Jesus Christ, they're going to go to a devil's hell, and there's, and there's no second chances from that. Do we get it? Do we, do we get it? Finally, do we get it? That's what the Jews were doing. They were just willing to let anybody not have an opportunity to get to know Jesus Christ because they were inclusive people. But God told Peter, Peter, get out there to those Gentiles, which you thought was unclean. They are clean. <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing about Peter was is he's saying, God, I've never, done, I never, I never eaten those things. I would never eat those things because I was brought up to, to I couldn't eat those things. And God was saying, what I make clean, they're clean. And he wasn't talking about go eat some catfish and lobster and pork. He was talking about everybody out there in the world needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the vision was for. Cornerstone Baptist Church, God has given us a mandate to get out there to, and, and despite on what we might think of somebody, to let them know the gospel of Jesus Christ because eternity for them is dependent upon that.
right? Let's not keep the gospel inclusive. Hey, let's, let's make it all inclusive, but we've got to tell people about Jesus Christ. And I'm glad we've got missionaries that, that, that God has put that burden, has put that desire upon their hearts to go into these foreign countries and that we get to yoke with them and be part of their ministry. That's amazing. That's amazing that we can be reaching, we can be reaching 32 people groups every day. We support 32 missionaries. Look, we, we are supporting 32 people groups every day just because we yoke with people. It's amazing. I mean, we're not going to be a church that's all-inclusive and just we care about ourselves and we have our little rah-rah sessions and sing our favorite songs and kumbaya and go home and live our life and then come back next Sunday. That's for the birds. If that's, if that's what you want, then, then there's a club somewhere out there for you to go to. But Cornerstone Baptist Church, we're going to be a church that, that cares about the lives of other people, and we're not going to be inclusive with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And we're going to give the faith promise missions, because, not because the pastor tells us to, but because we get to be, uh, we, we get to be all-inclusive by using our missionaries. Right? You know, there's another cliche. Everybody ever hear this one before? You can't outgive God? Well, I think God can outgive us. <laughs> what do y'all think? I know He can. He gave us Jesus Christ. So we can have eternal life in relationship with Him. Let's take the gospel. Let's have a burden for those. And, and again, Let's not limit it to what we know and to where we're comfortable in life. Let's get out of that and tell people about Jesus. You know, the ladies, and I know I'm rambling now, but, but our ladies are doing, thank you, Nanette, are on Thursday nights they're doing a Bible study on War Room. Man, I've heard so much chatter from our ladies, you know, and, and our base groups too. Where's Kelly Joe at? She's in nursery. You know, she witnessed to somebody last week, and and she's, you know, she was on fire for five days, you know, just 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 being because she's being obedient to the Holy Spirit. You know, Tommy, you know, she's the nicest person and the most friendliest person you ever met. Everybody say, you agree with that? Everybody opposed, say the same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Having a business meeting here, but uh, but uh, you know what she's scared to do is she's scared to witness to people can you believe that nice smiley miss miss wise county realtor of the year you know she's not really realtor of the year but she ought to be but um, but um, but you know what god has brought god is bringing her around and she and she's purposing herself not to be inclusive but to be all inclusive and to witness jesus christ to people look let's be witnesses amen Let's, like, like Peter, let's get out because I prayed for you. And I'm going to continue to pray that this week Cornelius is going to be coming knocking on your door. Witness to him. Amen? Just tell him what you know about Jesus, and that's all you have to do. All right? And if you're here this morning, and if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know that God's desire is for all to repent and come all to a relationship with him. If you're here this morning and if you're not saved, please don't leave the same way that you came because you don't have to, right? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. 
And we do thank you for our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we thank you for our wonderful missionary that come to visit. But most of all, Lord, um, let us just have that passion for soul winning. Let us have that passion, Lord, to uh, put aside our, our own things that we believe about witnessing to people. Lord, and, and, and I just pray this morning that you'll just help us to be the church that you've called us to be. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that's, that does not have a true relationship with you, that they'll come to the altar this morning, that they'll come to the altar this morning seeking that relationship and that we can, Lord, take them in a, in a, more, in a more private meeting area and tell them what, what they must do and exactly who Jesus is. Lord, we love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody stand with me.